Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. Picture says a thousand words, so maybe we'll just throw something up Let's on see the what screen. We got up here. There's a special announcement, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> This time we are! Well, yeah, we're here. Are you in shock? <laughs> this little thing that's growing is not just all the donuts I'm eating. <laughs> oh, I love it. There's so much to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. Well, I am so excited that I get to share with you guys today. Um, I just want to have a chat. Is that okay? Can we just have a chat together? Um, I, I think there's been this theme. I know Ken even mentioned it when he was starting worship. And, ooh, worship was so, so good. Can we give it up to this beauty who came to visit us? I love what he said. He said, um, What if Thanksgiving, what if we lived a life of Thanksgiving? What if it just wasn't a one-day thing, right? Because how good was your Thanksgiving? Didn't you have so much fun? Did you have so much fun eating and hanging with friends and family? We had so much fun. My family didn't know yet that we were pregnant. (laughs) And uh, it was so cute the way it worked out that we got to tell them. um, Our family gathered around. We were holding hands. This never happens. But we were holding hands around the kitchen, and, and Craig was about to say grace over the meal. And my grandma said, hey, why don't we go around the room and say what we're thankful for? And so it got to me, and I got to say, well, I'm thankful because we're having a baby. And everyone just, like, freaked out. I wish we had filmed it. It was, like, such the best reaction. But it was really precious to get to hear people verbalize out loud what they're thankful for. You know, we got to hear things like, I'm so thankful for health. I'm thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for safety and a roof over my head. And and I just thought, wow, this is so special. What if we adopted this into our everyday way of life? Like, wouldn't that just shift our perspective on things? And I think the truth is we're actually created to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. We're actually even wired. Did you know that something happens in your brain when you even just think about the things you're grateful for? There's dopamine and I believe serotonin that's actually released when you just think about something you're grateful for. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that the body craves gratitude. But it also tells us that you were created to give thanks. Like, how beautiful is God's design? You were created to give thanks. 
So let's not just let Thanksgiving be a one-day thing, okay? I want to encourage us and kind of dig into the Word and, and see what life could look like if we lived a life of Thanksgiving. Yeah. But what gets in the way, right? I think it's important. Let's just talk about this up front. Like, what does get in the way of that? Because I think we want that. Our body craves it. Like, who doesn't want dopamine and serotonin bouncing around in their head? Like, that's good feeling stuff. Like, we want this. But what gets in the way? And I think there's a whole slew of things. But I think, um, I don't know, we're just busy. Maybe we tend to forget the good things. Have you ever read Yelp reviews? Right? Like, everyone wants to talk about their bad experience, but how often do you actually hear, like, the glowing reviews of things? I think, unfortunately, we're kind of conditioned because we live in a society that likes to magnify the bad stuff. Yeah. But God's actually bigger than all of that. I don't know what it is about us that when we're going through something, that, that thing just seems so big, right, and so distracting but do you know that God's actually bigger than any problem you could ever have? But it's, it's just, it's kind of the world we live in, right? It kind of, kind of focuses on lack, kind of focuses on negative situations versus the good stuff. I also think just circumstance can hit from time to time, and it get, stuff gets real, right? Maybe we're hurting, maybe we're in a season of pain, and you know what, pain is real, and we're... We are created to feel as well and not just mask emotions. We're actually created to feel it. But we're not meant to camp there because we actually have a joy that comes from the Lord and we actually have so much to be thankful for. But there are things, if we're honest with each other, right, that can kind of steal our thunder and kind of steal some of that excitement and those things. It can kind of block, like even Isaiah was talking about, maybe we need to get the Windex out and clean that, you know, whatever's blocking our view so that we can actually focus in on what we really have to be thankful for. Amen? I also think there's something else This is super practical that I think that we could adopt in our lives um, that will really just enable us to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. It's really simple and straightforward. But it's simply just never miss a chance to say thank you. Just never miss a chance. There's a story in, in the Bible, I love this. It's in Luke 17. And it's a story where Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. And um, I think I'll just read it. And then I want to pull out a few things. But under this theme of let's, Let's not miss a chance to say thank you. Luke 17, 11 says Jesus, this, no, it's not Jesus yet. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Why did they stand at a distance? They, they were forced to. Because at this time, there really wasn't any cure for leprosy, and it was highly contagious. So they were confined to a small village outside of the towns, and so they wouldn't ever be able to have close contact with people. So they saw Jesus from a distance and stood at a distance, and they, and they cried in a, in a loud voice. They said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were completely healed and restored. You guys, that didn't happen. Like, that's miraculous. And the reason he told them, go show yourself to the priest, was it was very customary because back in those days, people were really focused on what was clean and what was unclean. And the priests were like the know-it-alls on what was clean and what was unclean. So if someone who suffered with leprosy and thought, you know what, I think I'm feeling better. I think like this is gone. They would, it was protocol to go to the priest and then the priest would say, yeah, no, you're good. Or no, you're banned and back to the village. So that's why he tells them, go show yourselves to the priest. But as they went, they were cleansed. But listen to this. One of them, verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and what did he do? He thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which is also a big deal, but we're not going to get into that. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Because you see, Samaritans were considered outsiders. Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Never miss a chance to say thank you. Those nine missed such an amazing opportunity. And I was kind of thinking about these nine. Like, what got in the way for them? What was their distraction? I don't really know. We don't really get all the details, which I love the details, but we don't get them all. So it kind of, did you know you can use your imagination? <laughs> As you're reading the word of God, God wants to meet you in the word, and he wants to engage with not just your intellect, but with your heart and with your imagination. So this is so awesome. So I started to sit there and kind of just picture, okay, they're going on this long walk, the other nine. Maybe they didn't want the Samaritan with them because they considered him a foreigner. So these nine just kind of stuck together and listened to their friends that maybe weren't the best friends that were speaking into their lives. And they're marching on their way to see the priest. And maybe they don't even realize yet that they're healed. I don't know. Or maybe they got to the priest and the priests were like, no way, we still don't believe it. So maybe their circle of influence caused doubt in their mind and caused them to question what there was to be thankful for. I don't know. All I do know is that they missed such an opportunity to give God praise and thanks. But there's something else that they missed. There's something else we see in this story. There's something that takes place when we give thanks. When we look to the one man that got it, the one man that didn't have any doubt in the world, looked down and just believed just believed, I'm healed. And in an instant knew, this man must be God. So he wasn't just running back to a man. He was running back to the Savior. He was running back to the Messiah, to God himself. And all he could do, his only response, was to get down on his knees and praise him and thank him. This man responded in awe and wonder. That's what stirs up in us when we begin to give thanks. Awe and wonder. 
This man, I love his boldness. I just see him like sprinting to Jesus, just with pure enthusiasm and just sincere gratitude in his heart. And what I love is that he yelled. It says in a loud voice, he came back praising God. You know that loud voice? He would have been very familiar with that loud voice. How would he have communicated with people in the past from a distance? At the beginning of this story, he used that same loud voice to cry out to God. And I love that in response, he uses that same loud voice with praise and thanks to God. But there's something really, there's something we got to focus in on, and I've missed this reading this story in the past. At the end here, where Jesus says, hey, where are the other guys? They got healed too. But he tells them, hey, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. But when did he get healed? He got healed when he went on his way, not when he came back. So why does Jesus tell them that his faith has made him well? You see here this word made well, it's Greek word for that, that root word is actually sozo, to be made well, made whole. Something actually happened when the leper, who's no longer a leper, decided to run back and give thanks. He actually received wholeness. You see, God healed him of what was going on on the outside, his leprosy. But in this exchange, where he brought thanks and full of faith, he was made whole and well on the inside. So here's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Here's what I'm trying to get across. That if we, if we live a life of thanksgiving, we're actually living the whole life. We're actually receiving, fully receiving what God has given us. That's what he got. So let's not miss a chance to say thank you, amen? There's power in that thank you. And there's actually even more to receive in that thank you. I don't know, maybe, maybe you've never been healed of leprosy. Maybe this story, you hear it and you're like, that's cool for that guy, but I'm still having a hard time relating it to me. Well, what this is really, this chance right here, this first example I want to talk about, this is actually a chance to say thank you in the miraculous moments with God. It's in those encounters with God. It's in... This is Christianese, but it's in those mountaintop moments. But that just means it's in those moments where you're like, oh my goodness, like I just so encountered the living God. It's in those miraculous moments. And maybe you haven't experienced something like that where, where God has completely touched you and made you heal. Maybe you have, because I'm here to tell you we still have a God that heals today. Amen? He does. He does. But there's something that every single one of us here has had an opportunity to receive that is equally miraculous. And that is the gift of salvation. That is the gift of salvation. You guys, we must always call to remembrance the day of our salvation because that is such an amazing gift. 
such an amazing gift. The fact that we get to have relationship with the living God, the fact that Jesus came to earth, died to just make a way, remove all the stuff that was getting in between us so that we could enter in into eternity with him. That is miraculous. That is miraculous. And we have the opportunity to say yes to that. And we also have the opportunity to spend the rest of our lives thanking God for that. Last Sunday, Craig talked about the power of our yes, our response to God. And I've been reading this book again. It's so good. It's 1,000 Gifts by Ann Voskamp. I would totally recommend it. But I love how she puts it this way. In this book, she says, we only enter into the full life if our faith gives thanks. Because how else do we accept his free gift of salvation if not with thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is the evidence of our acceptance of whatever he gives. Thanksgiving is the manifestation of our yes to his grace. The manifestation of our yes to his grace. If I were to give you a gift and I just said, here you go, and you just looked at me with a blank stare. I mean, you've taken it, you've received it, but those two little words weren't spoken of, thank you. I don't know how much I fully would have believed that you received that gift. Just the same is true for us when Jesus gives us this gift and we say, yeah, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you in my heart but we also have this amazing opportunity to then spend the rest of our lives saying, thank you, God. The more and more that we express gratitude, I think the more and more it sinks in deeper and deeper into our heart, our mind, and our soul of what we've truly been given. You guys, we have the opportunity to thank him for the miraculous. Amen? So let's not miss that opportunity. Another opportunity I think we have, and this is all encompassing of us living a lifestyle of thanksgiving, is to not miss the chance to say thank you when you're in it. Do you know what I mean? When you're in it. I'm talking about circumstance. I'm talking about when it's hard. We actually have an opportunity to say thank you to give thanks when it's hard. And there's a couple things I just want to put up front. God gets it. He gets hard. He gets it. I was thinking of Jesus the night before he was betrayed. And we see he, he breaks bread with his disciples. And what does he do when he, he breaks the bread? He does what? He gives thanks, knowing full well what's ahead of him. Talk about circumstance. Talk about he was betrayed, man. He was with these people. Like, he did life with these people. Talk about heartbreak. But what did he do? He gave thanks. That word in the Bible, to that giving thanks, is eucharisto. It's a three-part word. It means grace, 
giving thanks in joy, all encompassing in one. That's what Jesus expressed the night he was betrayed. Talk about circumstance. Talk about God actually gets it. I think sometimes one of the biggest lies we can tell ourselves when we're in just awful circumstances, you don't get it, God. You don't know how I feel. He knows how you feel. He knows how you feel. And once more, he taught us such a beautiful example that even when we're in it, we can give thanks. And that joy is like a heavenly joy. That's not just a conjured up, put on a happy face, think happy thoughts kind of joy. That is a joy from heaven that we can only experience through thanksgiving through his empowerment, amen? So I just want to say, like, it's a lie that he doesn't, he doesn't get it. He gets it, and he loves you. And hey, if, you're, if that's resonating with you right now, that you feel like, yeah, I'm in it, I just want you to know he loves you, and he's there with you, and he cares for you, and he wants to walk this out with you, but I'm telling you, you've got a weapon. Thank you. Giving things is powerful. It's a weapon, okay? I'm going to go off on a tangent. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not give thanks when you're feeling like it. Not give thanks when it's all like rainbows and sunshine and butterflies, but give thanks in all circumstances. I love Joyce Meyer. She's one of my favorites, and she puts it this way. She says, hey, you don't have to be thankful for all things, but you do have to be thankful in all things. We talk about, like, what is God's will for my life? Right here. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why is he encouraging you to give thanks? Why is he encouraging you to rejoice and pray? Because those things make a difference. Because those things are actually going to be the thing that sustains you through this season, that brings you to the other side, that gives you big picture perspective. These are going to be the life-giving things in which feels like a season that's just sucking up life. So that's what he's doing it. It's because he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to equip you. So that's why he encourages us to give thanks. We actually have such an amazing opportunity, and it's actually our lifeline when we're in circumstance to express and give thanks. I'm telling you, it's going to make all the difference. I actually get it. I get circumstance. There have been plenty of seasons in my own life where all I could feel like I saw was my lack, hurt, pain, all of that. But I'm telling you, what you fix your eyes on and what comes out of your mouth, and when you express gratitude, it actually can be the thing that shifts the whole season. And it might not shift what's going on around you, but it sure does shift what's going on inside of you. Some of you guys might not know this, but back in May, 
Craig and I were just talking and we're finally getting on the page of, okay, Lord, I feel like it's time for us to start a family. And we've been married for six years, so we kind of took our time. And um, we were finally like, okay, Lord, we really feel like it's time. So what I did is I went out and I found a doctor, a lady doctor, and because I, I, I like hadn't had a checkup in so long, so I was like, well, this seems like a good step. I'll, I'll go, I'll just get a checkup. We'll start the conversation of like, okay, what is that even going to look like, and blah, blah, blah. So I go in for just a routine checkup. Everything was fine. Awesome doctor. And then a few days later, I get a phone call from this doctor. And she says, Amory, I need to talk to you. We need to run some more tests. Because um, one of your tests came back showing abnormal cells that could potentially lead to cancer. So we need you to come back in. We're going to do some biopsies. We're going to see what's going on. So, I mean, <laughs> circumstance, right? Here we're finally thinking, okay, it's time. Like, we're going to start a family. This is going to be awesome. This can be easy. Like, this will be great. And bam, this is thrown in our face. And um, all of a sudden, my world shifted of, okay, well, now I possibly might have to walk through a season of cancer and all of that. And so, like, your mind can just go a mile a minute. And I don't know if you're like me, but I love to live in what ifville. So I'm, like, camped up in what ifville. I'm building the town of what ifville. Like, that's, I'm so good at that. And I'm telling you, that is just this vicious cycle. But what can stop that? is actually the power of your praise and the power of your thanks. What can stop that is choosing to look at what is true. And I had to stop that. I couldn't let my mind go down there. We went, I went into the doctor about a week later and she did some biopsies and kind of sat me down and kind of walked me through what she needed to as a doctor, like what could be some potentials for us. And she said, okay, well, if, we, if the cancer has kind of um, gotten to this level, then we'll need to remove part of, um, it's going to be cervical cancer, so we're going to have to remove part of your body. And she said, I just need you to know that that is going to make it very, very hard for you guys to get pregnant. That is, um, it's going to be almost impossible for you to carry a baby full term. So this is like right... We're just thinking, okay, we want, we want to get pregnant. And there is a verse that I cling to in all of this. And it's something that I think we can all cling to when we're in circumstance. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 8. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Someone here just needs to hear that. The Lord is near. There's a song, I think we might sing it a little later, but it says, when the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. That truth, I just clung to 
in all of this. Like, regardless, God, however this turns out, you're with me. But it goes on to say, and I know this, I, this is super practical, but I think these are some skills or tools that we need in our toolbox when we're in circumstance. Where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is like, I want you to walk away with this, okay? Because this is so practical and so helpful. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. What do all of those things have in common? They're all worth giving thanks over. All of them are worth giving thanks over. So that's what I did. We were in this, and I was like, okay, I can't control this situation. I'm done living in what if What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to build into solid foundation into my mind, heart, and soul, and I'm going to take initiative and pray. And I'm not only going to pray, but I'm going to thank God for healing. I'm going to thank God for the child on the way. I'm going to thank God for a good doctor's report because I don't want to live in what ifs. I don't want to live in worry. Worry only sees the problem, not God behind it. Okay? He's bigger than all of it. Worry only sees the problem. So I made a decision. Regardless of what circumstance I'm in right now, I'm going to pray and I'm going to think. And then when my mind starts to go down that slippery slope, I'm going to hold it captive with these thoughts. I'm going to think about what is true. I couldn't go down the whole list. It's awesome if you can go down that whole list and you can literally draw out something of what is true in my life, what is lovely, what is admirable, and you hold those things and you think of those things and you meditate on those things. But the only thing I could conjure up in this season was to think about what is true. And for me, what was true was that God is good. I know, it's like not the most like, profound thing you've ever heard, but that's what I needed to know, that you are good and that you are near. So in all of this, I give you thanks that you are good. I thank you that you are near. I thank you that you will not forsake me. I thank you that you are trustworthy. I thank you that you're admirable. I thank you that you're praiseworthy. Like, it shifts things in you. Do you see how practical and helpful this is? It shifts things inside of you so that instead of wasting your time and what may or may not be, you get to focus on the right here, right now, and build into what is true. Even in a rocky season, you can build firm foundation. And it's with this scripture that I found those tools. And it's with this scripture, I hope that you can find these tools too. So a couple of weeks went by and we're waiting for the test results. And we were actually, it was busy. It was like May. It was like really busy for us. We were at a conference. And on the outside, I'm just acting like everything's okay. But on the inside, I'm like seriously doing battle and trying to like remind myself, okay, give thanks, pray, focus on what is true. 
And you know, God will meet you in any season, and he will encourage you always. He loves to encourage you. In the middle of worship, we're singing this kind of throwback song that says you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. We're in this song of thanksgiving and praise, and all of a sudden I get a vision from God. And it was as if, like, I was looking down and I could see the future around me. I know you might think I'm crazy, and I probably am a little crazy, but God does speak to people. Amen? Okay, so I look down, and I see this little child holding my leg. I see another little child holding my leg here. And I look down, and I've just felt like those are going to be our kids. Those are going to be our kids. I'm in a season of being told you might have cancer and you may not ever have kids, but God is showing me what's real and what is true and what is praiseworthy and what is admirable, that those are going to be my kids. That we're going to be all right. Like We're going to be okay. And I cling to that and I thanked God for that. And a few days later, I got a call from my doctor that, yes, the cells I had in my body were still abnormal, but they weren't on a level of cancer yet. And part of that was like a, can I just have like a, there's no cells report. (laughs) This feels like a not yet sentence. But with all of the foundation and groundwork that I had laid with God, in that season, I just knew we were going to be okay. And now I'm standing here, 13 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Just completely blown away by the goodness of God, the one true thing I could focus on. But you know, here's the thing. I just know that God sustained me in that season with thanksgiving and praise and prayer. And it was in that season that I feel like, I don't know that I could have gotten this in any other season, of just the deepest resolve of who he really is. So I want to encourage you, even if you're in in it season, God is near and he's equipping you, and he's loving on you, and that there is power in your thanks. Amen? The second, the morning that we found out we were pregnant, I took a pregnancy test at home, and I saw those two little lines, and I literally just fell on the ground and just shouted out the biggest thank you. Kind of like that leper we read about earlier, just on the floor, like praising God, so excited. Because I was told this might not be for me. This might not be in our future. But I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. And I was going to hold on to that promise from God. And, um, yeah. Just want to say God is so good. And there's power in your thank you. I'm going to close with this. Um, Maybe the worship team wants to come up. There's something else. 
there's another chance that we actually have to say thank you to, in order us to sustain us in a lifestyle of thanksgiving. We talked about saying thank you in the miraculous moments, saying thank you when you're just in it and circumstance, but there's also another opportunity we have, and that is the chance to say thank you every day. Every day. And why do we want to do something daily? Why would you do something daily, right? You'd probably do it if you want to build a new habit. And we also want to do this daily because as we saw what's released inside of us, just chemically how we're made up, we actually can build healthy mindsets if we do this daily. But it also gives us true perspective and big picture perspective when we choose to thank God daily. So when do we do it? I just want to leave you with something super practical. Morning, noon, and night. What would it look like if your day consisted of you giving thanks morning, noon, and night? I had a professor in Sydney that kind of let us in on his um, Bible study, like, the way that he would go about it. And, and he told us that every day he would start his day off by writing three things he was thankful for. As soon as he woke up in the morning, three things. And I did the math. If you did that every day for an entire year, you would have 1,095 things you're thankful for. Talk about building your faith. Talk about full-blown lifestyle Thanksgiving. If you could literally jot down and see a 1,095 things. But the thing is, we can do that. We have the opportunity to thank him every day. I love in Psalm 92, I think I'm going to read the NIV and the Passion Translation. It says this, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. At each and every sunrise, this is the Passion Translation, at each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and your love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming you are so faithful. What would your day look like if you started with Thanksgiving? How would it shift your day? You know, they say like the way you start your day, like even if you just make your bed, you're guaranteed to have a better day. It's actually like, yeah, your mom was right. Make your bed. <laughs> but what if we started with gratitude? And do you know, here's the thing. I need to say this. Gratitude is not just like wishful, happy thoughts. This is actually next level because this is thanksgiving. Because there's someone we are giving thanks to. So this isn't even just I'm thankful for. No, this is God, I thank you for. That's where the power is. It's who we're giving our thanks to. Yeah. And then I was thinking about, well, what's something else that's practical we could do? We could, a little reminder to give thanks. Well, maybe every time you eat, maybe you have breakfast and you have lunch and you have dinner, morning, noon, and night. You know, Jesus, when we talked about when he broke bread with his disciples, and he says, do this whenever you think of me. Whenever you eat, really to stop and give thanks. And lastly, at night, 
when your head hits the pillow, the last thing on your mind, when your thoughts are racing, when you're literally trying to walk through your entire day and questioning why you did everything you did, in that moment, what would it look like if you just shut that off and just drifted into sleep in thanks, giving God thanks? I believe there would be peace, right? Because he said, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, do you know what was in exchange? That peace that guards your heart and your mind? That's another thing we receive at Thanksgiving. We were visiting, we're visiting my, my family, like I said, for Thanksgiving, and I was talking to my grandma about how I was going to be talking about Thanksgiving, and she said that she read in her little devotional this story, or just this example of kind of expressing like the gratitude of God and this opportunity we have of just never missing a chance to say thank you. And she said in her, her little devotional, it kind of pictured, illustrated it like this, that there's like a flower for us, for everything we're thankful for. Like we literally walk around the day and there's beauty just waiting for you. Like one over here, like, oh my goodness, Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for clean air that we can breathe. And then a little bit long in the day when we're, we stop and we give thanks at lunch and we just pick up more beauty of, Lord, I just thank you because I know that you're with me in my workplace and I'm not alone and then you give me strategy, and then you're just like walking along, and you're on muni, and it doesn't feel very beautiful, and then all of a sudden, you just, you just feel God's presence, and you just get reminded of just how good God is, and like, oh, there's something else, that there's just beauty all around us, and if we do this, and we acknowledge this, and we never miss the chance to say thank you, do you know what you have at the end of the day? This beautiful bouquet of things. There's beauty waiting for you every day, but it takes us to stop and acknowledge it. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to go into worship, but I want to give you something today. There's actually one other opportunity we have to give thanks, and that's right now. So I'm going to ask you to come on down, and what I've got for you today is a thank you card. And in worship, as we kind of thank you, <laughs> um, as we continue on worship, I want, I want you to take this time, and maybe this is for later or maybe this is for now, but I want to invite you to just jot down a little thank you note to God. What are you thankful for today? And maybe you're in that miraculous moment with God. Maybe this is a chance to just give him so much praise because he is healer, because he is provider, because he's just made a way. Or maybe you're in just the hardest of circumstance it feels like. And you just need to thank him for what is true and what his character is and, and just something to cling on to. Or maybe this day doesn't feel very special. It just feels like a regular old day. 
I want you to pause and just give them thanks for whatever comes to mind. Because at the end of the day, we actually have so much to be thankful for. Amen? And let's adopt this into our lifestyle. Let's adopt this. Let's do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next. And I believe that God's going to bless you in it. Amen? Thanks again for listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.